I mean, I, I'm looking at an August 8th tweet, and it looks like he practiced on August 8th. So he's practicing. So I guess it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, probably. But then the question is, is he doing like full contact? So we want to bring this up, really. No, we don't have to at all. I mean, I mean unless he wants to. I want to bring it up. Just, just mention, it just mention something we got, we got to watch. Say we got to watch. Just mention it. <clears throat> no, you don't got to say it, Chris. I, I literally have them all listed out. I mean, what other injuries do you want to go over? Let him do it because he's like, that's his. I don't uh, want to go over, but you can talk about Aaron Jones. I'm going to list them all right now. Aaron Jones is important. Aaron Jones, People Curtis are. Samuel, DJ Shark, Galladay, Hunter Have Henry. Have we already talked about a lot of these? No, we've not talked about Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones we is talked about any of those except for Samuel. I'm not finished, though. I, like, that's literally like the first <laughs> it's, part. It's the news that we can't spend half the time. No, but I was literally just going to I was literally just gonna list them out and keep it moving. I wasn't going to have a discussion. I, don't know, I feel like Aaron Jones that needs to be just mentioned. I mean, even if you want to talk about Aaron Jones, I was literally just going to list out that there was a lot of injuries. Here's what I'm really trying to say. Mm-hmm. I want people to be aware of injuries. Our motto is hashtag stay ready. Stay ready, yeah. If, if we ignore an Aaron Jones hamstring injury, it's hamstring, right? Yeah, he has a hamstring. Hamstring, so it's number Allen one. Allen Robinson, hamstring injury. So number one, hamstring well, injuries. Robinson. Hamstring injuries are known to recur as well. <laughs> exactly. Right, right, and again, right. I'm not saying, issue. look, we're not changing I think ADP. me and Abby are a little off. We're not changing ADP. I think we're not. We're not. We're not addressing we're not ADP. ADP. We're not changing ranking. I think Abby wants to have needs to be a aware. full discussion. I don't want to have a full discussion. I just want to literally say, <laughs> okay, just because that's the thing. Like, if you're not changing your, if 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 you're gonna tell people that you're not changing your ADP based on this information, then why are we talking about? Because it? you, you need to be, be aware. aware. You have to be aware. That's but part of it. That's our but thing. But it's not that's affecting you anything that you're it doing. Does. But, it but, does. But most of the stuff is it does But most of the stuff... Because guess what? These are data points. Yeah, data These points. These are data points. Most of the stuff we talk about is not affecting our ADPs, though, Chris. You do realize yeah, that. Yeah, like, most of the stuff we talk about is literally just talking 100%. about it. 100%. We just want to know everything. We just talk about it. And we want the viewers to know everything. you have to be aware of these injuries because what if it reaggravates? You know what I'm saying? Or what if what if we know he's missing practice time? That now? means that it, it should affect how you feel about that player and thus affect their ADP. But but we're not there Even yet. Even if it does, but, but we're not there yet. Not there I'm saying what if it reaggravates future perfect, teams? Per- perfect example. By that time, it's too late. Perfect example. No, it's perfect never example. too late. Players are in tiers. Remember, we were asked to put it's out never rankings. Too late, right. We don't do rankings. We do tiers. So if players are so close to one another and it's hard to well, to try and it's hard to try and you know adjust. A player, you know, move them down one or two spots. You can use something as a hamstring to say, okay, I, 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 either, I either have Chris, equal amount of up. shares. I don't care what you got to say. I'm not trying to be like Abby having a full conversation. I never <laughs> You know, I just like to talk. If you don't let me mention it, I'll spit it out anyways. <laughs> yeah. I, I just like to talk. Look, All right. I just want to, because again, I just want people to be aware. Because I didn't finish my list, by the way. If we need to talk, I, got, I can talk about my Draft Sharks Invitational. We hey. don't want to talk about the Draft Sharks. Hey, why don't you want to talk about my Draft Sharks Invitational? <laughs> nobody wants to hear about Chris, Chris, nobody let me finish, it. though. Let me finish, Chris. All right. I said, God, give me a warning. Please take me for the morning. So I leave more disappointments than I Welcome to First and 15, the only podcast that's trying to get you paid. I'm here with our two-time FFPC champion, AB. Alongside him is our Dynasty guru, Dio the Machine. Guys, I want to talk about injuries early. Um, Obviously, there's been a lot of camp injuries. 
dial. He reaching down for your phone because I know yeah, that you man. got a laundry list of injuries. Yeah, man. First, do all these injuries matter? Before we go through the list, does every cap injury matter? All injuries matter. Yes. All yes. injuries matter. Minute or major, they all matter. Because they all are just like what Abby calls them. Data, data points. points. Yeah. Data points. But here's the thing. A lot of these guys were never going to play during preseason. They're going to be back by week one. You if it's just like a small little nagging injury. Even if they're back by week one, they're still coming off an injury. They're, they're still risk for re-aggravation. And they're missing. They're missing. Uh, okay, so we can go deep with this. They're missing like important practice reps mm-hmm. that maybe somebody else is getting that's probably improving yep. their value. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You know, we, we can go and down they, a real deep rabbit hole. And honestly, the injuries are important because when you talk about something like hamstring that has like a, a, a very high recurrence rate, yeah. re-aggravation rate, yeah. that's very significant. And then the, the type of the grade of the hamstring, how severe it is, Man, is extremely important. Look. And the player where that hamstring occurred is very important. So again, we're not like... Adjusting ADPs and knocking somebody down until just look, just look, yet, Chris. But yeah. they're data points. I want to speak on these injuries. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Let's talk. talk about it. Let me. Let's go down the laundry oh, list sorry, of injuries. So okay. So real quick, and some of these are very important. Some uh-huh. of these are not that big of a deal, but they still have to be said. Aaron Jones, he has his hamstring relevant issue. You know, uh, Curtis Samuel. We already know about the groin, but it's still an issue. He just came off with COVID as well. Relevant. DJ Shark had a hand surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, Relevant. so he's missing time. He's probably going to be back by week one, but they mentioned it. Uh, Galladay, his hamstring. You know, he's back in practice, but he's not doing much. Um, Hunter Henry had a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. I think they're saying he might be back by week one, but it was still a, a little bit of concern. You have O.J. Howard, who's still – he came off of the pup. I mean, he didn't even get on the pup, and he started to practice, but the coach was saying something the other day about – Yeah, I think that was more so uh, – I think he was just saying he's still getting into it. Into there were a couple of shape or something? Yeah, there were a couple of catches. Okay. There were contested catches, okay. tight spaces, and – he just felt like he maybe wasn't as gotcha, aggressive gotcha. as you. Yeah. Okay, so uh, TJ Hawkinson, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people are really paying attention to that. He didn't finish practice uh, yesterday or the day before, and he didn't practice today. You know, so it is something. I don't even know what it is. They, yeah. have, they haven't really mentioned it. So um, he's a high pick, so that is important. Rashad Bateman, yeah. that groin that or core injury, he was going to be one of their main guys at the receiver position. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're saying he's going to be back after some weeks, not months. Um, but it's still enough to keep him out of action for a while. Uh, you have Traquan. Still really don't know what his injury is, but he's now just now starting to come back. That's very mm-hmm. significant. You know, so he's yeah. starting to um, – I don't think he's practicing yet, but he's actually out there running. And then um, did I say uh, Allen Robinson and Justin Jefferson? He did not mention Okay, that. Allen Robinson the hammy. Um, mm-hmm. He missed practice today. And then um, – what was the other one I just said? Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. The AC shoulder. AC shoulder. Or something like yep. that. But they say he's going to come back. You just drafted him recently in your uh, Draft Sharks draft, right? I mean, our, our boy That's Dr. Reyes. Right there. Our boy Dr. Reyes. Actually, yes. speaking of Dr. Reyes, I got a chance to talk to Dr. Reyes about Justin Jefferson and some of the Dallas Cowboys. I want you guys to take a listen. All right. Justin Jefferson, just a quick update, suffered a grade one AC joint sprain. He was going for a ball uh, while catching and uh, slammed into the ground with his left shoulder. 
producing a posterior force into the shoulder. Now that posterior force went backwards into the shoulder joint itself. Um, as he hit the ground, he did, you know, rhythm pain. However, the initial report showed that it was just a low grade uh, one AC joint sprain with no clavicle fracture or no other damages to any of the other ligaments. That is a good sign. Um, the report showed that also the day after he was in no sling, but he was at practice. He didn't want to move that left arm too much and wasn't doing much at all. However, uh, most of the reports have showed that um, it was just a grade one sprain. The grade one sprain um, is just a sprain to we call the acromioclavicular that is keeping together the uh, clavicle, which is your claw bone, to your scapula. And there are surrounding ligaments also that would uh, uh, identify it as either a grade two or grade three grade three if the other ligaments were involved then that would be grade two um and then any rupture would be grade three again it looks like he just skated by with a grade one um the thing about that is that we don't want to see any type of uh, recurrence um, most of the forces we see on ac joint sprains are coming from an inferior force so something that you know comes from the top of the region of the shoulder and then hits it down into the shoulder causing disruption into that ac joint what we want to see over the next couple of weeks, especially in the next couple of days, is that as he starts to ramp up his catching drills, that he's not having any pain with catching, overhead catching, um, or even driving into the, sh the ground with his shoulder, bracing himself either by a defender or by himself or being tackled. Um, those are things we're going to be monitoring over the next days and then a uh, few weeks, and we'll give you some updated information on that. But you actually left off two more injuries from that list because Dak just started throwing again. We In talked addition, about Dak last week, though, right? We did. We did. Or maybe but a couple weeks ago. It's, it's an ongoing thing with Dak. Now he's starting to throw again. It seems like he's ramping up um, throws in practice. I talked to Dr. Reyes about that as well. Do you guys have an opinion about Dak and his timeline for coming back by week one? Yeah, I haven't really moved him uh, up or down. He was at the bottom of a tier. Uh, to me, I was very comfortable with the injury. And again, with Dr. Reyes uh, and his thoughts and comments on it. You were comfortable with the injury? I was comfortable with the outcome or with the prognosis. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. the projected uh, return. I, I think it was, I, I, I do feel that it was a compensatory injury in a standpoint that he's just kind of getting used to it. And he had probably you. been ramping up, throwing. Compensated or something. Exactly. And so, let, you know. let me ask you this. Did, when you heard that the Cowboys were uh, talking to the Rangers and with other organization about, you know, information yeah. about the injury, did that concern you a little bit? Nah. Okay. Actually, I'm glad you said that because Dr. Ray has actually talked about that. The reason why they talk to baseball um, trainers is because the type of mechanism that is used for throwing a football is similar to certain overhand um, quarterback throwing. And so he talks about that. Let's listen to that clip for a second. Okay. Dak Prescott suffered a grade one muscle strain of the latissimus dorsi. Now, they sought out some advice from experts around the league and then also some baseball affiliations that also see some of these uh, common injuries in overhead athletes. 
and they noticed that in overhead athletes, especially pit pitchers, they had to shut them down for the first few weeks in order to allow that muscle to completely rest. So that is what actually they did with Dak Prescott. They allowed him to rest for the first couple of weeks. Um, they shut him down. They did not allow him to work through it, and therefore giving them ample rest. With the grade one um, muscle strain, you can expect anywhere between two to four weeks of that muscle to recover itself. You'll note, you'll see a about six to 14 day healing phase where it's scarring down, um, bringing back all these healing cells so that the muscle can uh, scar itself and then um, refunction itself to dynamic movement. Um, then you're going to be looking at some more weeks at uh, strength conditioning and then looking into practice and then return to play. He has actually returned to light, uh, light practice and light throwing as we expect. There's about a few weeks left of the preseason, so I don't expect him to be in the preseason. I expect him to dress out, but during practice where you're going to see most of the game. They're going to be looking at that week one of the season opener to be his target date of return um, and looking to do everything to get him back into week one. Barring any setbacks, I don't see any uh, delayed healing with that. If there is a re-aggravation of that uh, muscle or that muscle pain continues to linger, then that might eat it bleed into week one and week two. But I definitely see him recovering. And all reports show that he's doing most things now without pain. And so um, that is a good sign. Um, also, with all that being said, literally right before we started the show today, there was a report that Dak was going to get another MRI on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys Twitter account was the one that put it out there like, you know, this is just to be safe. It's not a big deal. Don't panic. But Dak is going to get another MRI. Like, it's kind of weird. But right. So what do you know. think from that thing? You know, I mean, like I said, the last time we talked about Dak, you know, I'm one of those things where just wait and see. When he's yeah, back, yeah. he's back. Because we can keep saying he's going to be back next week. And then next week we hear, oh, he had a setback. He's going to be back after a few weeks. Or, or oh, he's going to practice tomorrow. I mean, today he's hurt. Data we'll points. see what tomorrow. Exactly. Data points. Data points. Well, well, that's kind of how I felt about Amari Cooper as well. I felt like once we heard about that ankle cleanup in January that he would be back by now, practicing by now. And then now, you know, he's not practicing. He's still injured. Talk to Dr. Reyes about that as well. Do you guys have any opinion about Amari Cooper and him being ready for week one? Yeah, I'm not concerned at all about Amari Cooper given the injury. Uh, he, it's not fun hearing that he's having a little bit of irritation, but again. Yeah, he also was going to say he yeah. re-aggravated a little bit, and right? I wouldn't even call it a re-aggravation. Uh, you know, I'll let Dr. Reyes sort of kind of go into it, but I think, okay. again, given his prognosis, uh, given what we can sometimes expect when we ramp up activity following a procedure like this, not unexpected. More, more pop compensation or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. gotcha. right so let, let's listen to that clip for a second, guys. All right. Cooper actually went through um, and we call an arthroscopic uh, debridement surgical intervention. That is actually um, what we call a cleanup. Uh, they actually went in and removed some bone and also some tissue around and around his ankle. The reports don't say specifically where, but um, it doesn't show that there was any tendon or ligament repair uh, done. So that actually improves his healing uh, because of that. Um, this was done on January 7th. 2021. He's had about eight months to recover. Now he's had ample uh, time to recover from that and ample time to recover from the surgical intervention. It's not alarming 
coming or surprising to see that he is experiencing some discomfort as they ramp up some of his sports specific drills. He's getting going from, from low intensity to moderate intensity to high intensity, high intensity cutting, high intensity jumping, high intensity running, and producing forces against other people too, and sustaining tackles and those types of things. We're gonna be looking that we're gonna be ramping up his activity, especially the sports specific drills over the next couple of weeks, specifically doing some in practice. I don't foresee him, um, you know, uh, dressing out for preseason, especially preseason one, two, or three, just kind of like Dak Prescott. We're gonna be looking at ramping up his activity level in the next couple of weeks to ensure he's ready for week one. And so uh, be looking for week one to be ready for him. All right, guys. Now, with that being said, uh, Abby, like, is there any injury during camp that kind of scares you the most or that you're most focused on? Right it's now? crazy because I probably forgot some people, too. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. The Aaron Jones one has me a little nervous. Uh, hamstrings in any player are never fun, but he's definitely someone with a lot of speed. Uh, so that's one that's one that I really want to pay attention to. Kenny Galladay one, I think, is more of a relief knowing that he's just back out, you know, catching balls off the jug and just back on the field. He's not a fast twitch type guy, so I'm less concerned about that. But that's more of a relief uh, than anything else. And the Rashad Bateman news, never want to see a player get hurt. But I think that's very, very significant. He was obviously getting a lot of buzz yeah. and maybe rightfully so. Uh, we know Marquise Brown has been out with injury, but it seemed like he was uh, really, you know, making uh, a name for himself and mm -hmm. earning some uh, significant snaps in that rotation. Yeah. So, to me, this is something that has the potential to be very, very serious, meaning going weeks into the regular season. I agree. And then, obviously, as a rookie, again, missing those valuable snaps and yeah. really, for him, missing that preseason. We also see Marquise Brown coming back. And as you guys likely know, Marquise Brown is one of my higher-owned players. I had to um, literally make this guy draft him later because he was like – reaching to make sure he got <laughs> I literally said you can get him two rounds later he's like no nah, I need to give Marcus I mean <laughs> ninth round like my ninth round Marquise Brown is just uh yeah sometimes I just have to force myself don't don't take him don't take him real quick but, I know I said I wasn't gonna say much but I want to add a few things good yeah good so with the Aaron Jones thing mm -hmm. you know the thing about that is we can look at that is now AJ Dillon is probably getting starter reps um but even past that the rookie from Mississippi State Kylan Hill mm -hmm. they've been getting good buzz about him um, I guess he's now, well, let's just say he's the third running back on the mm -hmm. team as the rookie. So that means he jumped Dexter Williams. Um, I don't even know what other running backs they have on the team. Um, so just pay attention to that because now he's one injury away. You know how it goes. Because Stay the ready. Packers tend to probably run two running backs. You yeah, know? Yeah. So he's one injury away from being one of those two. Um, the other player you said, Kenny Galladay, mm -hmm. him not being there. I saw a report that said um, Slayton actually mm -hmm. has a good bond Rapport yeah, with Daniel in. Jones. They were off a little bit last and, year, but the year before. You know, yeah. people kind of forgot about Darius Slayton. You know, mm -hmm. he had that rookie season where he was, you know, he had that little stretch where he mm -hmm. put up quite a bit of points. You know, they added, um, obviously, Galladay. They added uh, Kadarius Tony, John um, Ross. <clears throat> John Ross. Who's also injured. But Slayton is still there. Slayton's still probably, he might be the fastest guy there. Maybe uh, John Ross. I forgot yeah, about John, John Ross. Ross but besides John Ross, John Ross is hurt again, too, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But besides him, Slayton is their, their deep threat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so don't forget about them. And then um, Bateman, um, Sammy Watkins. I mean, yeah. Sammy Watkins always, you know, he, he does us good and then he disappoints us. So beware, but. 
It's still Sammy Watkins. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, still, I, you know, he has the talent. And I know this is my bias, and it's one of those things that I'm just going to be upfront. I'm going to be honest with myself. I'll be honest with the viewers. I love Marquise Brown. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand that Sammy Watkins is doing some great things. Yeah, I understand yeah. he's reuniting, you know, yeah. with Greg Roman, where he, you know, did some you know, pretty good things yeah. uh, with the Buffalo Bills. But my eyes will not deceive me. I know what I saw the last yeah. half of last year. So, again, I'm you. not saying, but I 100% agree. No, Don't no, forget I, about I, Samuel. I and, he goes, and he's a free pick. I feel you on Hollywood. And I, I like Hollywood a little bit, too. But to me, the pass catcher there that, that only matters is Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews. Really, yeah. to me. So Now, <clears throat> you famously said that Carson Wentz is broken. Yes, I did. And you had me caping for you. Online with some guy in the comments. Come on, man. Some guy in the comments. Let them do hey, their thing. Yeah, we like we like the comments. We <laughs> want it. We want all the hate. We want all the hate. We want all the hate. We want all the smoke. I want it all. I want it all. I don't yeah. want just to like you know y'all doing a good. Doing they already like job. Spartacus and stuff. They're yeah, I'm ready. Oh man, like, I, was I, ready. I was like, he's broken. <laughs> I started listing all the yeah. injuries, but Carson Wentz allegedly is expected. Him and also Quentin Nelson expected. Expected to be back week one. One, are you buying it? And two, do you still stand by that Carson Wentz is broken? Wait, and I'll let you do, but um, it hasn't been stated he's expected back. They're like trending that way. Right, you know? right. So it's possible, but it's still, you know, not likely from what I interpreted yeah. from the reports. Um, I said last week that Nelson actually said he'll try to be back by one. Out of the two, I actually expect Nelson to get back sooner. I just feel like out of the back. two, they need Nelson to be back. Yeah, but he, he he seems like that type of guy, you yeah. know. Uh, I mean, we can already say Wentz's injury history. He always gets hurt. He misses right. time. So we we almost expect him to get hurt now. Yeah. Nelson though, he seems like the guy's like I'm going to try to get out there. Now the injury is the injury, you know. If he can't get back, it is what it is. <laughs> you already know where I'm going. I know where you can. Okay, I saw right. your face. Right. But, uh, but, again, I'll let you go. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's what they said, but I don't think it's truly, like, a likelihood. Okay. A couple different things. Number one, I don't believe in the whole injury-prone business, okay? All right. A lot of these injuries are, you know, they're not related to one another. So the idea that Carson Wentz is broken, I don't subscribe to that. Oh, yeah, so I, mean, I got to agree with my mans that – you know, that was going at you on, on YouTube in the in reviews. I agree with you, fam. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Second thing, um, there is nothing to buy, okay? Nothing has really changed from, you know, since they had surgery to, you know, when they were seen on the sidelines. In fact, the only thing that has changed is that they were seen on the sidelines without a boot, yeah. which isn't all that unexpected. There, there was a tweet put out. That's what changed. But look... Mm-hmm. Exactly. A tweet was put out. Exactly. So they can't do anything until that wound heals, until the surgical yeah. incision site heals. Yeah. So they don't know what they can do. But, but they think- don't know anything about rehab. Nothing has changed unless this is this is the one caveat to that. If from a surgical standpoint, and this I think this is really could only be the case with Wentz, I believe. But from a surgical standpoint, if it was a very, very, very minor procedure, mm-hmm. then potentially we could see him back sooner. Mm-hmm. I have less hope for someone like Quentin Nelson, who's no, a no, bigger no, body but, individual. But I think a, I think what 
a lot of the reports were saying it was the fact that they were at practice, but they didn't have like a, a knee brace. I don't think that matters. Or any type of support. So I think that's what gave a lot of yeah. people confidence. Yeah, I understand. I that, mean, but... again, y'all know how I feel about injuries. They'll yeah. be back when they're back. Yeah. You know, we'll see. We'll yeah. see it when it happens. Until then, I'm not in the speculating business. Yeah. They're not available for me at the moment. So you know, yeah. just keep it moving. Quinn so. Nelson is the you know Quinn Nelson is the to me the uh, the major key there. Because uh, really, this is all relevant because of Jonathan Taylor. And then, for, I guess, for some people, the pass catchers, if you're high on the Pittmans. You're still low uh, on Jonathan Taylor, right? We talked about it last week. Because I'm still kind of – I'm actually buying a dip. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't I'm mind buying, buying a dip. dip. I never, you I, know, I, 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 mean, I never mind buying a dip. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> but, I, but I don't even have, We're not much, gonna have, a I don't even have much worry about Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with yeah. you. You know, so yeah. before I wasn't drafting Taylor at all. Yeah. Like at all, because yeah. I don't think he he was valued like in the mid first. At yeah, one you were point, saying right? I want my second round to Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, no, I wasn't even saying it. that. I said I, I just didn't want him. Yeah, you know mm -hmm. because he was just going in the place, and I'd rather have other guys like Zeke. Yeah, mm -hmm. but now if I can get him in the early second, mid second, yeah, yeah I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. I'll take yeah. If you shot. had to hold my feet to a fire in terms of what your what my rankings are right now, yeah, he is behind Joe Mixon. Yeah, you said so that. So you know he's too. still going in the second round to me, the mid second. So it's not like it's not a huge deal, but it's enough. To where I'm not very comfortable with that injury situation. What do you think? The what do you think about mixing with um? Okay, so we're hearing all these reports. The Bengals offense is struggling in yeah. practice, and their receivers. Burrow, I know you're pessimistic yeah. about. I, I'm, I'm not going on Burrow. I know you want no. to go on your soapbox with Burrow. Let me get on my soapbox. Okay. One real quick question. Yeah. With all these concerns with the Bengals passing game, is there any concern whatsoever with mixing? Because the offensive line is, yeah. you know, not. Looked at yeah. very highly, but everybody's so, still kind of high on mixing something. Just kind of yeah. curious. So the main reason that I had mixing where I had him, which was in the very bottom of that tier, is because he was going to be a workhorse. He was going okay. to be a bell cow. He was going to get all the in between tackles, the goal line work, and how confident in the are we in that though? I'm very confident in that he's going to be that the true I don't, bell he's cow. He's not getting 100. percent He's probably not yeah. even giving 75. percent But in terms of what we define bell cow and, okay. and workhorse back these days. I think he is going to be that. So I, I think it's I a agree. volume I agree. play. I just, I'm yeah. just playing devil's advocate so, a little bit. No, I think it's important, though. But, yeah. but, that, but that's the re his offensive line uh, is the reason why I have him lower. And even though he's going to be in there on third down and he's going to get some work in the passing game, he is not your pass, he's not your typical running back that you scheme open in the passing game. You know, Eckler, Kamara, CMC, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I, he can, he can he can run routes, but he's not someone where the offensive coordinator is thinking to himself, we got to get him five to six targets a game, okay. four to five targets a game. So that's why he's lower down on the list, but he'll still get some work in the passing okay. game. So I still like having him, but I'm not like reaching to to grab him. But I do want to say this on Joe Burrow because I said it, you know, you months didn't ago. You a question, but okay. <laughs> Are you concerned with with him with the no. offense? You're no, not concerned. No, because you're I think pretty he, high on him. I'm not high on him. Like, he, he goes, well, where you okay? Where you have him? Are you still okay where you have him? I do, but because okay. he's at the bottom end of that tier of the running backs, but he's also I also want to I also want to take that group of wide receivers before him, yeah. the DeAndre Hopkins, even the Justin Jefferson, the DK yeah, Metcalf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want all all those guys yeah. before I get to Joe. Mixon. I only bring it up because y'all know I was big on mixing, mixing, but yeah, with these reports, I'm just start kind of thinking to myself so, like mm. I, I do want to get to those reports. So the reports to me. I have, I have two different sides of this. So if we were, if you guys recall back to a few episodes ago, I kept telling people that Joe Burrow's ACL injury was a complicated right. ACL repair. Right. So I, you know, even though we may anticipate that he eventually towards the midseason he may be 100% of himself, I felt like he was going to struggle to get there. And given the fact 
that their offensive line is subpar and they really didn't do much to improve it yeah. outside of, you know, maybe them just having kind of continuity and hoping their guys improve. I was really worried about him being back behind that pocket. I also didn't like the idea of them not even wanting running backs lining up, taking handoffs in yeah. just the event that they may yeah. trip and run into his knee. I understood yeah. it. But when they came out with the – when all these reports are coming out with, uh, okay, they look bad. Honestly, I, I pay that very little mind and attention. Right. Call it confirmation bias if you want. But to me, that's just more indication that, again, I expect him to start off slow. So if you were high on Joe Burrow before all of these news – by the dip. If you were high on Chase before all this news, yeah. by the dip, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I, because eventually they're going to get there. But that's why, I mean, that was one reason why I didn't want to get, you know, Jamar Chase where he was going before. Another reason why I didn't want to get uh, T. Higgins. And that's the main reason why I was on someone like Tyler Boyd. Right, right. Because when you're, when you're a quarterback who's coming off an ACL repair and you want to keep, you want to stay healthy. Yeah. And you know you got a, a, a shoddy offensive line, a leaky yeah. offensive line. You're going to want to get the ball out quick. Right. That helps out Joe See, Mixon. That helps out Tyler Boyd. For me, one of the biggest reasons why I was high on mixing because I thought the offense as a whole was going to be a very successful offense. Yeah. You know, they were putting up great numbers before his injury last year, and I think with with just the fact that we have a healthy because Mix's numbers were actually pretty good last year. You know, he was hurt, mm -hmm. but the games he was playing, he actually produced quite a bit. So if you have that passing offense, and y'all know I love Jamar Chase, yeah. if you have that excelling passing offense, then mixing because we expect him to be. I mean, we still expect him to be the bell cow. Yeah will be in these positive game scripts and be in good positions. But now if you're telling me the offense isn't going to be as successful and, and we're hearing these Burrow yeah. concerns, it's like, okay, I had to re-kind of yeah. consider, like, why am I high on mixing again? But the place he's going is actually pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm going to still draft him. It's the last thing I want to say about, think about him a little bit yeah. longer now. Last thing I want to say about the Bengals offense in general, uh, I've just not, I've not been as high on them as everyone else I is. I love those guys. You know, man. I understand, like, the weapons that they have. I love all of them. But when I look at that offensive line, when I look at Joe Burrow coming off of an ACL, and when I look at their offensive coordinator, who I'm not – I just don't have a lot of high hopes. He's not someone that I see as a very creative play caller. Yeah. I think a lot of their offensive production just came because they were just so far behind. But now when playing you have a – You're paying catch-up. Like now, that. Exactly. But now, again, and now you're going to be in a division – you're in a division where you got to play a, a, a Browns defense that's better, yeah. a Steelers defense that's better, better yeah. okay Ravens Baltimore defense, defense that's better, better. Yeah, yeah. so you know you're playing those guys twice a year so this is going to be an offense that's going to have ups and downs yeah. so maybe best ball you know that's the kind of the cop out you know best ball you know they may be better than best ball but this is why I, a lot of these guys I've just kind of been trying to steer clear of because I think you're going to have some 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 valleys to go with some of these peaks I mean I, I still love Higgins still yeah. love Higgins I still love Chase I've loved Chase for a while um but I give you credit, you know, you've been on the be wary of of Joe Burrow coming back from injury on time yeah. train for a while, you know, and you know I've to some extent had blinders on. I, I to me, he's gonna get it together at some point. He will. He's that's, gonna get it at some point. So at that point, all worries will be gone. Yeah. And that's why I tell you. That's why I'm telling everyone. Whatever you, whatever your thoughts were before all of this news, yeah. hold true to those thoughts. So yeah. for me, this didn't change anything. Yeah. Again, it was more maybe just confirmation bias. But I think if you were high on this offense beforehand, just for the most part, keep it as a data point. But I wouldn't like drastically start, you know, knocking I, I these guys see, down the board. I want to see him practice. I want to see what he looks like. You know, because so, speaking of seeing okay. what he looks like, I actually want to move on. I want to talk about Jordan Love. We finally get a chance to see him this Saturday. You're excited First about that? I'm excited about it, but more so, <laughs> more so, I think 
dynasty drafters are going to be excited about it. Our dynasty guys wanted us to answer this question. We finally get a chance to see Jordan Love. If he's going to be the heir apparent to Jordan Rodgers, do you think that this is relevant? Aaron Rodgers, be a... Did I say Aaron Rodgers? You said Jordan Rodgers. Oh, ahead. like Aaron Rodgers. Is this relevant or irrelevant for dynasty drafters? Everybody looking at me. Oh. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so you're talking about is the preseason game going to be relevant? Right. Or like is the... seeing him finally play relevant get... to drafting, you know. Do you get a sneak peek? Yeah. Does nothing not really. for you? Because remember, Jordan Love, his value. Well, let me not say remember, but let me explain. Jordan Love's main value is through his running. Okay. He's a Konami code potential type quarterback, you know. So um, that's where he really has his most value. And then the fact he's playing on the Packers, when 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 Love does get the job, we don't know if Adams is going to be there. So we can't really say the offense is going to be, you know, the same offense as it, it is now. Um, but it's going to have players to throw to. Amari Rogers likely still going to be there. Yeah. Um, they might bring another guy. You know, you never know. You know, they have, they have a coach that probably is going to put him in good position. Um, as far as seeing him play in precinct, it really doesn't matter because Aaron Rodgers is going to be the quarterback this year, mm-hmm. right? It like, <laughs> like it doesn't matter unless Aaron Rodgers gets hurt. But if that's the case, it doesn't matter whether he's playing in preseason or not. If Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, he's going to be one of the main waiver wire pickups, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, watching him in preseason, I mean, if you just want to get excited about the player, I mean, that's fine. But if you want to get excited, just watch his college highlight tape. That'll excite you. Easily. I mean, I kind of, you know, at first I was going to disagree with that take, but I think, you know, the way you laid it out from a standpoint of if you're approaching it from a dynasty standpoint, like say he just like, you know, he looks terrible. It don't matter. You're still going to take him the same place you were going to take him. Exactly. Because the value is still the same. Yeah. Because how, who's to say that between now and when he starts next year or maybe even six or seven months now from now mm-hmm. due to an injury, that he hasn't significantly improved over that time, mm-hmm. that he's not more, you know, knowledgeable, more uh, comfortable in the offense. Yeah. So we'll find ways to talk ourselves yeah. into Jordan. It's not, it's not but even it's fun. Yeah. Here's the thing with Dynasty. With Dynasty, especially with quarterbacks, quarterbacks don't change too often. Their mm-hmm. value can be sustained for a long period of time. Look at somebody like a Matt Ryan. Matt mm. Ryan was probably a high draft pick in Dynasty like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I'm, try, I'm probably making that up. But a long time ago. If you look at where Matt Ryan is now, he's not as highly valued, but he still has value because he's in a position. And, and I guess I'm speaking more from two quarterback leagues. That's the Dynasty leagues I tend to play in most. Um, but he still has value because he's one of the few. He's one out of 32 quarterbacks out in the league. You know, yeah. he's, a, he's a declining asset. Not even declining, but a declined asset. Um, so, yeah. These quarterbacks are going to have value. Now you take into the the account that they're also running quarterbacks. Again, mm-hmm. he's a Konami, no, a Konami code quarterback. You know, immediately when he gets a start, even if he can't throw the ball to anybody, the fact that he can run, he's going to give you value. It's almost like that Tim Tebow thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. so or Jalen so, Hurts. Yeah, yeah. Arguably. You know, all these running quarterbacks, they're going to have value regardless. So people are still going to draft Jordan Love regardless of what he looks like. Um, Tomorrow. Yeah, are they are they playing tomorrow? Saturday. Okay. Saturday. So the draft sharks invitational that I was in. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're gonna no, yeah. that. I had to try to find a second. Right. Go ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So this is, uh, I mean, all star studded. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> but I just wanted to bring it up because Trey Lance actually went in the fourth, and I mean, quarterbacks flew off the board. So to your point about these two QB leagues, and as we start moving forward, we want to start expanding and talking about. Non PPR oh, standard leagues, two quarterback leagues, super two flex quarterback leagues, leagues super, super flex, flex leagues, 
uh, I want we want to start making distinctions between okay leagues that start two wide receivers versus three wide receivers because all of that makes a big difference. And you hear yeah. these, you know, these people talk about zero RBs. I think the zero RB has some relevance when you're starting or when you have to start three oh, wide yeah. receivers. Yeah. But when you don't have to start it, it's definitely not something that you have to do or I think something that becomes maybe even less viable in those types of formats. Yeah. So just wanted to touch on that and then also give a quick shout-out to uh, Draft Sharks, Draft Shark <laughs> Invitational. Uh, let's go. Let's get it. All right, the last <laughs> news topic because we are 37 minutes in technically. Sorry, right, man. We have um, time. Go ahead. Last news topic that I do, I do want to talk about. Drew Brees opened up the door. He opened the door for a return. Relevant or irrelevant? I blame you for sending that out. Yes, yes. You sent it out in the chat. (laughs) Y'all kind of went crazy when I put that out there. So, yeah, you, so Dayo put out or sent uh, a tweet from the group chat. Yeah. And it was from NFL. I, I don't remember the Twitter account. Okay. I just saw it and well, put it out there. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. So, so this eventually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was basically a tweet that said, Drew Brees said, if the Saints or any other team reached out to him, he there's a slim chance he would consider coming back. A or slim like chance. That. Okay. I mean, it's, you know, it's a data point. A very, very small data point. It I don't even think it's that because Drew Brees is done. You think he's done? I think he's done. Well, I mean, if Jameis and Hill are looking, you know, less than stellar in camp, you know. I, I don't put it past Sean Payton picking up the phone and asking for a huge favor. Michael Thomas is also no longer there to deal with, and we know that Breeze and Michael Thomas butted heads at one point, so that's more or less of a factor that he has to deal with as well. And, you know, I mean, if you're Sean Payton, like, I would rather take 2020 Drew Breeze, given the state of this offense. You're not getting 2020 Drew Breeze. You're getting 2021 Drew Breeze. Yeah, he's done. Yeah. Okay, well. He's done. I mean, I don't like, know. let it go. Drew Breeze, just go play with your kids. <laughs> like, you know, just take it easy, man. It's a, a topic for another day and maybe later on today, but Taysom Hill has that job. Mark it down now. Uh, man, I don't you know. The, Mark it down now. You on the Winston train with me I for was, a while? I was, but I switched. What happened? I watched a lot of film like this last week just on the Saints. Taysom Hill. Taysom so Hill. So what, you watched last year's film or something or you watched practice film? No, no. I watched last year's film. Okay. I watched some, some Traquan You finally just watched it. I know, like the yeah. highlight, no, 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 like no. these old highlights making, just made him be like, okay. I was, no, no, because we had a, all right, let's just get right into our topics. I'm going to yeah. jump through topics. Oh, this boy had a segue. If you are the Saints right now, if you have to draft a Saints receiver with Michael Thomas being out, are you taking Traquan or are you taking Marquez Callaway? Yeah. Who are you Marquez, taking? Marquez, Marquez. Um, so, y'all know I like Traquan Smith. Mm-hmm. You know, Traquan Smith is hurt. Right now, mm-hmm. he hasn't been getting practice, and Marquez has been getting buzz. You know, this is like, out of all the times to ask this question, you know, it seems like Marquez has the backing. Yeah. Um, now, let's take into account, Marquez Callaway was an undrafted rookie last year from Tennessee. Right. Um, he was the fourth receiver on the depth chart behind Michael Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan. Mm-hmm. I even think Deontay Harris might have been getting a little bit more burned than him, but, but he was playing. He did okay. Um, he has the size of maybe a Traquan, kind of like the yeah, Bills. Traquan is like a little bit. I think he, yeah, Traquan might be a little bit taller. Yes, yeah, both six, six yeah, two. but they both have the oh, like six three. Yeah, yeah. They both have the same build though. Yeah. Right, right, right. So right, okay, right. so um, I mean, here's the thing: in in sports, the best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Traquan Smith got hurt a little bit last year too. He's hurt now. Marquez is getting the snap, kind of like we talked about earlier with injuries. 
you know, you're getting the, the opportunity to show the coaches what you have. You're getting those valuable snaps, those, those repetitions with the quarterback. Um, if I had to draft the guy right now, like if, if all things were equal, I guess I have to lean Callaway. Say that but again? I, I would lean Callaway. One more time? I would lean Callaway. <laughs> okay. But, 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 but Callaway, if, if, okay, if Traquan had been practicing up to this point, yeah. Like, regardless of what the reports are, because I don't care about the reports. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But regardless of what the reports were, if Traquan was healthy, mm-hmm. and you asked me this, even if we if there was the same buzz from Marquez, yeah. I would probably take Traquan. Okay. I think that's a very good point that you bring up. So, you, you, we hear about a lot of this buzz that's coming out of camp. It's important to understand who's on the field and who's not. Right. So, if you if you see it, you know, like this, this, this Callaway, you know, buzz, yes, I think it actually helps him out, but... I'm not putting a huge amount of stock into them saying, oh, he's like the most dependable. They have nobody else there. They have nobody else there. And I'm a Callaway guy. Like we talked about it in the previous podcast. Mm -hmm. I would rather have Callaway and I've been trying to like get him in as many drafts as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, that being said, with Traquan being out, I'm not really putting much stock into these camp reports. And I think you have to get to understand that. Like if guys are missing camp. So same thing with like someone like Sammy Watkins. That's one reason, you know, I was kind of joking before, but that's one reason why I'm not putting a lot of huge stock into Sammy Watkins because who else is catching balls? Right, right. Who else is catching balls, you know? Right. And you talked about it before. Like, Lamar wasn't even at practice up until, you know. Uh, right, so he wasn't even getting reps yeah, he with the quarterback. Even get, yeah, he wasn't even getting reps with the quarterback. So, right, right. a lot of different things going to play. But getting, you know, to your question, Marquez Callaway. Yeah. Marquez, man. Marquez Callaway. Is it Marquez or Marquez? Marquez, Okay, Marquez. Q. All right, six two. Okay, just a little bit, just a little bit shorter than Traquan. He's not as fast as Traquan Smith, though. Okay, mm-hmm. so I think it's important. But I think that's important because I think Traquan will stretch the field. Traquan is a field stretcher, mm-hmm. which is what I want. Remember, I like Traquan. Just to yeah. put that out there, okay. right, which is right. what I want. Yeah. Yeah. I want the guy who's going to be more the possession receiver. And when you go back and you look at Marquez Callaway specifically last year, and it's a very small sample size. I think you know he had an excellent catch rate. I think he was like twenty two out of twenty three mm-hmm. or something like that. Don't mm-hmm. quote me on that, but. I, what I liked about him is that, yes, he was an undrafted free agent, but he immediately saw playing time. Yeah. Special mm-hmm. teams. Yeah. When Michael Thomas went down, they trusted him, and he right. came through. He was fearless. Coaches love that. He looked yes. like and, a veteran. And when bit. you look at the type of catches that, that, you know, number one, I love someone who knows how to get open in the zone because yeah. that tells me how smart you are as a player. Yeah. Come in as a rookie and do that, very impressive. Undrafted too, yeah. Again, yeah. small sample size, but he caught the ball in space, and he caught the ball with his hands. Yeah. Now, he looked – he looked good. He looked he good. good. He looked okay, good. he's not somebody yeah. who's just going to, yeah. you know, a bunch of yak or be running by guys, but he really wasn't that in college as well. Okay, in so college. the point you just made there, yeah. that's really what gives me a little re- reservation yeah. because, yeah, he might become a possession guy. He might get a bunch of catches, but I want somebody who's going to give me touchdowns. I want yeah. somebody who's going to stretch the field. You know, I want those big plays, I, the, what you call the quote-unquote upside. Right. But not in this right. offense. Okay, so look. Okay, we need to have a number one. Okay. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. This is why I wait. Wait, wait, wait. Go ahead. Are you saying this, this guy is going to take the Michael Thomas role? No, no. Mm. Let, me, let, me, let me, okay. First, okay. I don't know. Is Multiple that, things going on whoa. here. Multiple know. things going on here. First, Come let me address on, that because I want, I want, I want on, this man. to be very clear. Nobody is taking Michael Thomas thank role. Thank you. Thank you. Nobody is coming out here and is going to warrant, okay, you know, you know, when we, when it's all said and done, oh, we should have taken him in the third round. Okay, That's not happening. No, 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 no. That's not happening. That's not happening. What I see and when I say you know I like that I want the guy who's going to get a bunch of targets that's what I like with Marcus Callaway mm-hmm. but getting back to your upside point I to me upside is not the guy who's going to give you spike weeks slot receivers can give you spike weeks go back and look like a guy go back and look at a guy like Cole Beasley yeah go and look at his game logs you saw many games not many but you saw a, a handful of games where he had double digit catches yeah yeah 
and he put up 20 plus points. And I agree. Don't tell me, you know, I so agree. when people talk about upside, you need to, I need people wait, to define that. But wait, I don't but want wait. upside guys. I want guys who have a good floor, but, but who have the ability to have upside spike. Wait, 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 wait. First of all, Cole Beasley, I agree. Cole Beasley, by the way, is a value right now. Like, don't speak oh, yeah, we talked about that. We talked yeah. about that in the group yeah. chat. But um, even with Emmanuel Sanders being. Yeah, because that's a passing yeah. offense. And he, he's their slot guy, too. Yeah. I, I kind of want to talk wait. about that, too, wait, but wait, that's wait, another wait, topic. Wait. You're talking as if Marquez Callaway is going to be their slot guy. No, no, he's not mm. going to be their slot okay, guy. Okay. I look at him taking the Michael Thomas role. He's not going to give you Michael Thomas production. You think he's going to take the Michael Thomas role? I think role? he takes the Michael Thomas role because so, I think he's better at it. He's yes. better at it. Okay. But, For but, some reason, they're both 6'2". But when I was watching film this week, he seemed to play a lot bigger Mike Marquez? Yes, Callaway. Okay. Yeah. Played a lot bigger than Traquan. Yeah. And it just seemed like he looked a no, lot no, like No, no, I agree. Traquan, Traquan, for the talent he has, it seems like he plays a little reserved sometimes. I don't mm-hmm. know why. He had he a chance. He had big games. He's had a chance. But, he's, but here's the thing. Mm-hmm. And you made a comment about these spike weeks. The reason why I like or I chase spike weeks because those are weeks that can literally win you weeks. But you anybody know? can get you those weeks. Anybody right, can, anybody can but... Literally anybody. But, so when but, someone says, oh, I want okay, Nicole Harmon because who has, who has he has upside... Who has mm-hmm. the highest ceiling? That, to, to me, that... They but who, both, but who Marquez Callaway has the highest ceiling. This is, the higher ceiling? this is like... The, this is a, if you ask me, like... And I'm going to go back to 2020. And I think I still agree with this for 2021, to be quite honest. If you ask me, if you give me a player like your, your typical upside player like McCole Hartman... Mm-hmm. And let's just use. I don't. Let's not use McCole. No, because that's what people. That's what people but think of. McCole when they say doesn't even have spike weeks, though. He he just. But been, that's my point. When people draft him, they're drafting him because of his upside. No, but 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 Traquan has had spike weeks. Traquan has done it. Miko has not. Mm-hmm. But where's so, Miko going in drafts? He's going well ahead yeah, of Traquan. I mean, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't like Miko. I don't. Okay, you know, but but my hope. That, my that's, whole that's, point. that's hopes and wishes. And let's not get into other topics because we're going to cover that Chiefs okay. offense. We'll, okay. We need but, we, we need a whole episode. But, but let me ask you this: talking about let me ask you this at one point. At I'm point. just talking about for any specific week. Mm-hmm. Who do you think has the higher ceiling to score that specific week? Marquez Quagwin. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why specifically. This is an offense that schemes its player open. There was one player in particular that I remember watching where it was a rub route. And it was literally between two two players that were involved in this play. They eventually called a a penalty on it. But it was two players that were involved in this play. It was Marquez Quagwin and Traquan Smith. Guess who rubbed who? I think I, Traquan I think I remember was the exactly rubber, and Marquez was the one who was schemed yeah, open and yeah. caught the touchdown. And they, they, they penalized so, Traquan. I think so I for me, it really has nothing to do with like who's the most athletic. To me, yeah. it's who is the coach wanting to scheme open? Who yeah, is the yeah. coach wanting okay. to call plays for? Okay. Last question, and then yeah. we can move on, Chris. Mm-hmm. Do you think Traquan can improve this season? Because that's always in the realm talent. of possibility. I do believe the talent's there. Remember, yeah. he's a third round pick. It's mm-hmm. always in the realm of possibility. You know? Okay. Yeah, and, I, and and honestly, like I would not be surprised if he like led them in targets. Okay. And he's not even going. He's not even that expensive. He's not expensive at all. Yeah. He's probably going like maybe a round or two higher than Marquez. Yeah. So it's not even like yeah. it's a big. And I don't. And I never agree with the uh, okay. There's three. You know, there's three wide receivers on one team. Just take the cheapest one with the value. Like that's not why I'm taking Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't ascribe to that. Like I want the. I want the best guy. Gotcha. And I want the guy that gives me the best value. Gotcha. I just think Marquez is the better guy. That's why I just don't take Traquan. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. You guys talked about McCole Hardman for a second. If Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey goes down, who's the receiver to own on that Kansas City Chiefs offense? 
Is it Byron Pringle? Is it McColl? Or is it somebody that I'm not? Yeah. I think that about? offense is in trouble, to be quite honest. Uh, I think they'll, you know, probably run the ball a little bit more. I think we see a little bit more CEH. We see a little bit more Jared McKinnon. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Obviously, McColl catches a few more passes. This is my issue with McColl Hartman. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he's a good receiver. I, I do. don't think that he gets open. I, I don't do. think that he's still that he's yet to the point where he can run effective routes. I think that he's effective in a best ball setting because again, in that offense, when you can scheme things, when you have someone like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, and you can put them in motion or have them run various routes, and then you can have McColl slip you know, past the defense and he's wide open. Mm-hmm. That's why he had, that's why, that's why his numbers look so ridiculous on, on a points per play mm-hmm. is because he's literally 15, 20 yards wide open. Right. But then if you ask him to be the one, now he's going against the opposing team's number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's one of those situations where, yes, the idea and the thought that, oh, okay, if Hill or Kelsey goes down, McColl is going to just break out. Yeah. The idea sounds great, but then when you're actually, when it actually happens, actually think to yourself, you know, go back and, and, and think of what you've seen with, from McCall Hartman as a wide receiver. If you believe that he's that type of wide receiver that can, like, you know, really win those routes and get open, more power to you. I understand he's playing with Mahomes. I understand he's playing with Andy Reid. But I just, I mean, I don't buy it. I feel like one of the other wide receivers, like Pringle, would probably step up more. So, um, so I agree. I don't think he's a great wide receiver. When he was drafted, um, if you recall, that was the time when Tyreek Hill was having that legal trouble. Mm-hmm. And it, people actually assumed he was a pick to replace Tyreek Hill. You know, mm-hmm. kind of the same mold, a fast, small guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, people were like, you know, McCole Hardman, we didn't expect to be a second-round pick. Um, he, was a D, he was a former DB, right? Defensive back? Former DB, but he did yeah. switch to receiver yeah, in, in college, college right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Georgia, I think. Maybe, maybe another school, but I think it was Georgia. Um, the other receivers there, though, Byron Pringle. He's older, um, actually, like 27, 28, mm-hmm. but he he had pretty good camp or he was doing pretty good last year. And, um, I mean, he's still there. Talent guy, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Demarcus Robinson, mm-hmm. who is not old, drafted by the, the Chiefs, I believe, um, from Florida. Um, they just re-signed him, actually. And it's, it's funny because I play a lot of DFS, too. So I was telling, um, I was telling Dorsey, actually, mm-hmm. that – uh, it's crazy because all the times last year when, when uh, Sammy Watkins was out, um, I would always look for somebody to play to replace Sammy Watkins, and I would mm-hmm. never play Robinson. Robinson would always go off. You know? <laughs> mm-hmm. So Robinson has the talent. Yeah. Um, they have a guy there named Fortson mm-hmm. who's a raw project. Who are you taking, though? Out of all of them? Mm-hmm. If I had to p- pick a receiver, ugh, it's ugly. Yeah. It's ugly. I to me, Byron probably have, was just a better route runner. No, nah, you know what? To be honest with you, and I hate he's to just say not it, explosive. I, I probably would no, just not. take Hardman. Really? Because yeah, he's, he's fast. He's no, no, not even that because potential-wise, he's the one that has the highest ceiling. If he was to somehow put it together, I don't think he can. But if he was, because it's in the realm of possibility. Exactly. He has the highest ceiling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Pringle's good, but I don't, like, roster and Pringle. Pringle's not scary. Yeah, I'm never going to want to put him in my, yeah. my starting lineup. Unless <laughs> yeah. you know I'm desperate. Yeah. But I'm not going to be excited about Pringle playing. Yeah. You know, Because so. Hardman still has that speed. So yeah. you get him on a slant, he can take it to the house. So right. that, that I understand. Like, right, right. So if he, if he does go down, Hardman's still the guy that we want to own. But I'm not paying an eighth, ninth now, round. Now, now, I say this. If, it wasn't, if yeah. it wasn't Hardman, it would be Robinson. Oh, okay. Marcus Robinson, yeah, I like him. Yeah. All the sprinkle disrespect. All right, yeah. All right. They they also have the rookie um, that they like a lot, 
What school did he go to? Duke, maybe? One of those blue and white schools, um, Noah Gray. <laughs> blue and white schools. Blue yeah. and white schools. Tight end. So they, yeah, they've, they've been talking about doing more 12 and, you know, or yeah. more, uh, uh, two yeah, tight ends. Don't, end, don't sleep on those. Right. So Jerry McKinnon is there. He can catch a few yeah. passes. Go line up a receiver. And they know. just may run a little bit more. Honestly, yeah. you know, again, this is this is what we kind of you know. I don't want to get into assuming I know what the coaches are going to do in this because this is actually a a pretty far reach. Mm-hmm. But I always go back. Okay, what did teams struggle with the year before? Especially teams that want to advance in the playoffs mm-hmm. and have Super Bowl aspirations. Because in my mind, that's what the coaches are going to go back and say. Okay, we need to work on that. Obviously, their O line was an issue, but they could not run the ball to save their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that you know we should see you know some improvement in that. And I think them like you know. Doing maybe a little bit more 12 personnel, them bringing in the alignment they brought in points to a little bit, maybe a little bit more balance. Because they understand, yes, in the regular scene, we can tear teams up during the past, and they will do that. But when they get to the playoffs, when you get, especially when you get, you know, or closer towards the postseason, and you got to run, they're going to start, I think they're going to start doing One it. One of their alignments got hurt too, by the way. That Go is ahead. the perfect segue yeah. to our Duvernay. next topic, yeah. because I feel like the other team that is looking to knock Kansas City off that AFC throne is the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills rank 26 in uh, in rush offense. They have to run the ball if they're going to take that next step. If you're looking at the Buffalo Bills, who's the running back to own in that league? Because they can't play a playoff game and have Josh Allen be there. None of them. None of them. Absolutely none of them. I don't want any of them. If I go zero RB, I'm not drafting Zach Moss. I refuse to. I refuse to. I I mean, number one, it's going to be an RBBC. Don't let them fool you, okay? I know I'm speaking in absolutes here, (laughs) but I'm about 95% sure that we're going to see multiple running backs in that backfield. And the second thing about it is, you know, we got to get out of this, okay, we want this player to be great. Zach Moss is just not that great. He's good. He's, he's serviceable. Young. He's still young. Doesn't matter if he's young. You, you either you, you you have juice. You have four three four four speed, or you don't. You have power, or you he's don't. Not you a have four, vision. Four guy, I'm uh, saying you have it or you okay, don't. He, okay. He's in the category yeah. of you don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. You have vision or you don't. You can you know you can get skinny. I mean these things aren't things that you just like. Yeah, you can like improve on certain things, but he is what he is, and this is a passing offense. And yes, they couldn't run. But I still think they really have not done what they needed to do to improve that run. I think what they did in terms of like bringing in Breida, you know, someone like that, is try and figure mm-hmm. out, okay, how can we complement our pass with the run? I still don't think that they've gotten to the point where they're trying to like really create balance because they understand how their offense works. Yeah. They're all, and they brought in Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. this is not a team. And then the, the, biggest, the biggest knocker, though, is Josh Allen and his double-digit touchdowns year in after year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, running so, the ball at the goal line. So let me t- touch on a few things. Kind of similar to what I was saying about Dak some episodes ago. Now that Josh Allen has this big contract, mm-hmm. to me there is a slight concern that they might not run him. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Let me say as much, but maybe in more more dangerous scenarios. You know, mm-hmm. maybe they find themselves at the goal line and saying, "Let's actually try to just run it with our running back." especially if they feel confident in him. Um, I'm just assuming there. I don't know. Mm. But I do feel like when teams pay, put big investments on their, their quarterbacks, mm-hmm. they become a little bit more cautious as far as how they utilize them. Um, but besides that, when you're looking at the running backs, the three running backs, you know, most people probably say two, but I am going to say three. Four, got, maybe. Four, maybe. Yeah. Do you know the fourth? Uh, what's Antonio name? Williams, are you yep. talking about? Okay. Yep. Yep. So everybody mostly thinks about Zach Moss and Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. Breida's there you mentioned him and then we just mentioned Antonio Williams mm-hmm. uh, when looking at Moss and Singletary when I was just considering them because I was there as well at one point mm-hmm. I was leaning towards um, Singletary 
because okay. Moss was hurt. Right. Moss literally just came back into practice, mm-hmm. um, so he's missing valuable reps. Wasn't even sure when he was going to come back. You know, so again, it's you know best ability is availability. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're saying Singletary bulked, uh, bulked up. You know, he got bigger. I guess to some extent carry a bigger workload. They said he worked on other things. They, I, I was just hearing things as far as him him trying to improve his abilities, you know, body, you know, yeah. his, his whatever you could call it. He mm-hmm. tried to improve. Um, so I was and then Singletary was the later pick out of the two. Right. You know, so it was just really who's the cheaper option. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started to one day and I actually tweeted about it from our account. Mm-hmm. One day, literally, like I just came across. Brita being on the bills. <laughs> like, I just, I just, it's just, just the fact he was there. And I just started thinking about it. I was like, what? I was like, why did they even sign him? And I just, and I just started thinking more about it. I was like, he might be a thing. You know, because here's the thing with the bills. Last year, and this is the big reason why nobody wants to draft their running backs, no running back really just took that job and like, you know, mm-hmm. said, I'm the guy. Right. You know, it was almost <laughs> like whoever they had back there just run the plays People don't even care about you. It's really the Josh Allen's the main running back, and it's a passing offense or whatever. So nobody took the reins of that job. So it's almost like they're in the same position this year. Mm-hmm. They just signed Breida. Um, Breida has a different skill set than these other guys. He's very fast. And he can catch. Track. Mm-hmm. Track stuff. You know? So, so he brings a different element to the team. And they did have TJ Yeldon last year, but I don't right, think they TJ. used him much. And TJ's yeah. a jag of all jags. Yeah, they didn't a use him much. A former jag that's like um, the jag of all jags. So yeah. now, and, and I was thinking this before Josh Allen even got his contract. So I was still kind of thinking Josh Allen was going to get those goal line touches. So I was more thinking, okay, if Josh Allen's going to goal line touches, who is this going to be his his outlet running back, mm-hmm. you know, out of the, those guys? And I kept going to Breida, you know? And then again, as far as the cost uh, of it, Breida was going so late, if going at all, in drafts. Mm. So I, was, so I was just thinking, and you know, when I take, remember, I don't like to handcuff my running backs, but there's a certain point in drafts where every running back you take is a handcuff to some extent. So mm-hmm. when I get real late in those drafts, I was just looking around, I was like, out of all the options, Breida looks good. You know, mm-hmm. Breida looks good. And if I look back two months from now and Breida ends up being the guy, I can kind of say, I, I can see how that happened. Yeah. Like, it didn't come at a total surprise. He's know? an easy cut. Yeah, exactly. He's, he, he's an easy cut. And one day we have to have an episode where we need to talk about these last few picks, how they're going to end up being guys you're going to get rid of soon because these waiver wires are going to run. Mm-hmm. And you have to realize that you're not going to keep these guys unless you don't plan on doing waivers. Yeah. You know, so um, you, you kind of have to think about when you're drafting them in that mold that most likely this guy is not a long term. It's just somebody I want to look at for now. Mm-hmm. You know, just want to take a peek. And I'm gonna throw him out there back in the ocean. But anyways, real quick, um, mm-hmm. sorry, we can go on. But you mentioned Antonio Williams. That's a dynasty guy. Mm-hmm. Last year, last year, week 17 or week 16, one of those last few weeks when um, they were kind of pre- prepping for the playoffs, and they gave him a lot of burn. He did very well, mm-hmm. very very well. Still a young guy, um, has a little bit of size. Uh, so for my dynasty people, if you're you know looking for one of those stashes. Look up Antonio Williams. Yeah. And one bit of advice, whenever I mention a dynasty guy or somebody sleeper, I recommend going to go look at his highlights. Just look at the highlights. You know, just, <laughs> just fall in love with the highlights because the highlights show you the, the, the talent, the capability. Yeah. So, um, yeah. yeah, Antonio Williams. And last thing with Moss, too, he did get some t- you know, touches at the goal line, so mm-hmm. I don't want to make it sound like he didn't like, get any work at the goal line. He just didn't convert a lot of them. Right. Uh, and that may change, you know, uh, but 
he's just not someone that I want. I feel confident in starting week in and week out, hoping yeah. that he'll get a touchdown, hoping this is a game where he gets two to three targets, et cetera. So, I mean, I could definitely be wrong. Uh, he could definitely, you know, end up with 60 to 7% on the workload, potentially. But it's not someone that I, that I have any, fan, any, any interest in drafting. Yeah. To be honest, I think, I think they brought Matt Breida into that backfield because they don't trust Zach Moss. One, he was injured last year when they needed him most. And I don't think that they trust him. And I think that they wanted a change of pace running back which is Matt Breida, so that they can still put a running back on the field, catch some passes out the backfield. To be honest, I think Matt Breida late in the season is probably going to be the running back that they So we all with. agree Matt Breida is a pretty good value right now then? No, I'm not going I think not so. with that. I'm not going you think so? Time. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Because I think they have to, they have to establish the run but they still want to be a passing but team. So Matt Breida is not an in-between the tackle side He's not. Back. He's, he's not. Change but, up. Right, but he allows them to still throw the ball down the field, but also give. I mean, and draws and right draws. If you, if, even if he was just a passing back, you have to. If you ask me, between all those guys, he probably would have the most value because he is getting those receptions. And we're talking with PPR leagues. Yeah. If we're talking standard. Talking standard is going to be Moss to me because hmm. he has the higher chance of getting those yeah. goal line touchdowns. But you know, we end up playing a lot more PPR, which is a one point per catch. Um, so out of those three guys, to me, Breida's going to get the most kids. And still got to make the team, though. It's in the re- that's what I was going to say. It's in a realm yeah. he might not do well at all. But again, the, yeah. the way you're taking him, if he doesn't produce, you can you know cut bait, throw him back yeah. out, you know roll again. You know so. So so one thing that I hadn't considered is, um, I guess these unofficial depth charts. Until we started talking about it in the group chat. I had never considered them, to be completely honest. And to be honest, I had never considered them being unofficial. Like, when I was drafting last year, and this is about experience, when I went to ESPN to look at the depth charts, like, I assumed that those were sort of team depth charts that they were reporting. Are those important? Are these unofficial depth charts important or unimportant? I mean, to me, they're so irrelevant. <laughs> you know, if I like a guy and I see he's at the top of the top, uh, a top of the depth chart, it's confirmation bias. If I don't like a guy uh, and I see he's over a guy that I do like, I look at it as, oh, you know, coaches didn't even come up with it. This is, you know, this is this is, <laughs> so this is the team media. Yeah. So like, so I just got to, so yeah, I tell myself like completely ignore them. They call them unofficial for a reason. Yeah. Right. I think coaches don't even know who's at the top of these depth charts, let yeah. alone like, you know, people really aren't paying attention at all to, to a lot of this. So mm-hmm. um, to speak on the point you just made, it, it does depend on where, when you're looking at the depth charts on ESPN, because mm-hmm. there is a point where the team is going to put an official depth chart right. and ESPN is going to use that official depth chart. So it depends when you get it, sometimes, especially in the offseason, ESPN just makes their own guesses. Mm-hmm. So it's just what they feel like it's going to be like. Um, so, you know, just kind of be aware of that. But as far as these unofficial depth charts, I agree. There's no value in them mm-hmm. There's, to some extent. Um, and I said this in the group chat yesterday. The only value I see in them is when I see a player listed at a certain part of the depth chart, that I had no clue was even a possibility at, at one point. Hmm. You know, where I, like he wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Because then now it's like I have to now consider him possibly being a starter or even being utilized. You know, um, Put like this, somebody that's at risk of being cut, I don't think they'll list him as a starter on any unofficial depth chart. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not possible, mm-hmm. yeah. but if they're going to put him as a starter on an unofficial depth chart, 
maybe the team likes him. Maybe he's highly valued, you know. In the organization. In the organization, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, somebody that everybody has high regards to, you know. And, again, if I didn't expect it whatsoever, mm-hmm. for instance, for instance, and, you know, um, not trying to have an argument or whatever. <laughs> but uh, remember when we were talking about Mark Ingram? Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good one. This is yeah. a, this is remember a good we were one. talking about Mark Ingram, and you were yeah. like, uh, well, you saw that report of him possibly being cut. Yeah. You know? No, I didn't say report. I just assumed. Well, somebody put a report. It wasn't okay. you assuming. Somebody okay. put a report that said they think Mark Ingram was going to be cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know? And we were going back and forth about that. Yeah. Um, but then you look at the, the Texans' unofficial depth chart, and they list him as a co-starter. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so now it's like, okay, somebody that's listed as the co-starter, do we think there's a chance he's going to get cut? I'm not saying he's going to end up being the starter, mm-hmm. but now I don't think there's much of a chance of him truly being cut, cut. Again, it's it, not. It makes, it makes me a little queasy. Uh, right, right. I'm, I, and I'm not yeah. saying it's not impossible. He can be cut. Yeah. You know, he can be cut. But again, if, if when Abby brought that up, I was like, yeah, you're right. He's going to be cut. Let's disregard him. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. And yeah. then we come to today and like, wait. Yeah, he's listed a starter. Mm-hmm. Maybe we need to reconsider what we were thinking yeah. about. And so, even mm-hmm. yeah, and even a player that like we've all like have like numerous shares of Philip Lindsay. I love him. Yeah, we have numerous mm-hmm. shares, and so like you know the the Houston Texans depth chart comes out, and he's number one. So for us, it's not a surprise. I tried to tell y'all, I tried. To tell <laughs> it's not a surprise whatsoever. But again, you know, I don't want to get kind of into that. that. That was my confirmation bias. Another one, though. Yeah. <laughs> Another one, though. Mm-hmm. Um. Another one we talked about the group chat recently, Travis Fogum. Right, right. And Greg Ward. Mm-hmm. We didn't even bring up Greg Ward. Remember that? Mm-hmm. We, we brought up Devontae Smith, yeah. um, Jalen Rieger, because we were talking about how we didn't think Rieger was, was producing. He maybe yeah. just didn't have it. Um, and we said, you, you were like, Fogum is their, their third guy. Nobody mentioned Greg Ward, and they list him as a starter. I, yeah. I, I feel like, well, so this is, this is my thing. This is, this is how I see the Philadelphia Eagles wide receiving core. I think it's Travis Fogum, and I've been drafting Travis Fogum recently in the mm-hmm. 20th round. I think it's Devontae Smith. I do think that he's there week one. Yeah. And then I think they kind of interchange their slot with Rieger and Greg Ward. But I also think Rieger will play some on the outside as well, and they'll use him in certain packages as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you drafted this guy in the first round. They're not going to just say you relegated to the bench. Right. They like drafted him over Justin Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like they get they just can't just say oh yeah. we were wrong. Like they're going to try to yeah. to prove that make they didn't work. make a mistake. Exactly. Yeah. People like to hate on the Texans, but uh Philadelphia Eagles have not made uh the uh necessarily the yeah, wisest yeah. draft yeah, picks man. as well. So. so um so yeah, so that's just another example. Just that's really the only value I've seen it, but I do understand that there's not much value in it. Um not in all cases, but in a lot of cases the coaches aren't even aware of what's put out there. Mm-hmm. Some cases there are. They are, but not all cases. Um, and, you know, it can easily change. A lot of it, I was looking at it because I was kind of going through all of them just to kind of see things that were interesting. Uh, I even like to look at defensive players. You know, I played defense when I was in high school, so that always interests me. But um, a, a lot of a lot of it was all based on seniority. Mm-hmm. You know, vets got starting jobs um, while mm-hmm. the rookies ended up being – some of them were at the very back of the depth mm-hmm. chart. You know, so – no, you really can't put much, much um, value in it. Just kind of see what happens. Like I said, just a data point. Data it's point. a data point. It's a data point. We're, we're still trying to finish this, this novel, you know. Um, every time we flip the page, we read a different, different And we just in the intro. 
Yeah, right. yeah, we were different. <laughs> so just just be patient with yourself. Now you said something earlier in the show that you don't believe in handcuffs, Dale. If you don't believe in handcuffs, then what are we to make of running backs who get injured? What are you doing when running backs do get injured? And I want to end the show with a pick'em. Who do you guys see as the most likely running back to miss significant time this year? Um, okay, so as far as your first question, um, football is a game of attrition. Mm-hmm. I understand that. And everybody should understand that. Matter of fact, when you're building your rosters um, and you're drafting, you need to understand that football is a violent sport. People get hurt. Injuries occur. Um, replacements are going to be needed at some point. You know, there's a small chance you can go through a season where everybody's healthy. Um, but, you know, you know, there's, there's, there's risk to that. You know, a lot of times somebody's going to get hurt. Um, now, you ask the question, what do I do as far as when guys get hurt? My hope, or ideally, my guys are not the ones getting hurt, and other guys are getting hurt, and I happen to have their handcuffs on my team. Right. right. So now my team just got stronger, you know? Right. So that's ideally the goal. Um, I mean, with all this fantasy, to some extent, it's gambling. When mm-hmm. you take a guy in the first round, second round, you're, you're hoping he's going to be one of the best, if not the best player on your team for mm-hmm. the full season. Uh, we all know, just like last year, First round picks were going down like flies, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so you know it, it does happen, um, but you go into it hoping that your guys are gonna kind of last the 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 full way, you know. So as far as me personally with with handcuffs, I think once my guy goes down, the risk of me winning is reduced a lot, even if I have the handcuff. Because for me, backups are backups for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. So even if they do get that role or get the, those those reps or those those touches, I don't think they're gonna do much with them. So it's almost like, what's the point? Um, eh. I mean, trust me, there's been plenty of situations where backups, you know, get the the snaps and mm-hmm. they're just not producing. You know, yeah. they're they're not Dalvin Cook. You know, they're not C Mac. Yeah. Even though Mike Davis did great last year, mm-hmm. they're just not what he wasn't C Mac. Yeah. You know, um, so. You know, it happens, but for me, I like to be optimistic. Mm-hmm. I do understand, again, it's a game of attrition. I just hope that other guys' team or players are the ones getting hurt. And what I do is I try to pick up their handcuffs in the back end of the, the draft. Um, so if they do get hurt, you know, have a lot of pick. Man, I don't know. Look, I buy a house, I buy insurance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get a car, I buy insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't handcuff everyone. But if the premium isn't too high, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna buy insurance. Uh, so yeah, but especially for somebody like Dalvin Cook. Now again, where Alexander Madison is going in drafts, which is like typically the 11th and 12th round, unless I'm really stuck and there's some player that I really want or really need at that position, I understand. You're gonna take I'm gonna take Madison. I understand yeah. what he did when you yeah. know when Cook went down, yeah. but you can't look at that as like no, that's. No, I mean so. For me, in those situations when it's a clear handcuff and he's in a system where like, I expect them to continue with the same or similar play system call, or whatever. same system, yeah. I'm going to go no, that no, route. No, I, I'm not. If I can. I'm not, saying, I'm not, gonna force I'm not saying that strategy is bad. That's yeah. actually the more mainstream strategy right there. And I'm mm-hmm. not knocking it at all. I, I actually get it. It makes sense. I don't think it's mainstream. No, most people want to handcuff their their star oh, players. Really? Yeah, okay. most people want Thought to. I was different. Um, that's, I mean, that's why handcuffing <laughs> is a thing, you know. Yeah. But just for me, 
I like to just be optimistic. I'm trying to win the big money. Right. And for me, if I'm, if I'm going to win, I feel like everything has to go right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, I had Benny Snell last year. Yeah. The handcuff came in handy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, just say every case is different, but I understand. He, he, I understand where you're coming from. He was suspect for you a little bit too, though. So so he was suspect. He was suspect. I, I, I understand the uh, the issue, yeah. but like, and so, some players, like the premium is too high. I just, you know, sometimes yeah. I'm gonna ride dirty. Yeah. But someone like Zeke mm-hmm. is he's tough to handcuff. Like, I'm not spending an eighth round pick on Tony Pollard. Not happening. And I put this spiel on our um, on that Muzio draft, uh, one of my videos. With some of these backup running backs, some of them are valued high, like you just said, the ninth, tenth, eleventh round, yeah. mm-hmm. and some of these like running back twos are like being drafted like in the eighteenth, nineteenth, undrafted, mm-hmm. and I, I don't get the discrepancy. I mean, these are all guys one injury away. Mm-hmm. Why is one being drafted so high and valued so high while another guy is literally being forgotten about? That's where that's a definite definition of upside that I would agree with. Yeah. So you take someone like a Tevin Coleman. Yeah. If Michael Carter gets hurt, Tevin Coleman's still going to likely be in an RBBC. Yeah. Okay. But he's being drafted so late, like he the is. Round. But again, you're if you're playing in a large, so it's one thing to be playing like in a home league, mm-hmm. and you like maybe you go zero RB and you just need someone, or you I guess even in like a you know maybe a large field tournament, but in a large field tournament. Uh, unless I really need someone like a Tevin Coleman, I just need somebody to get me by for those first few weeks. Yeah. I'm usually not going that route, and I'm usually wanting to secure one of those high upside guys. I yeah. like to try to get two in every draft, at the very least two. And if I'm greedy, I try to get three or four. It just depends on how the draft goes. But it's usually the ones that are at the very bottom of that tier. Yeah. Damn it, I don't want to say it, but Damian Williams, he's someone who's like... <laughs> he's one of them that I'm talking he's, about. He's yeah, a he, running back too that you can get like in the 16th he, round. Yeah, yeah, so like... And that's and I was and I did that with I was doing that with Damon, you know, with uh, even Darrell Henderson compared to like a Tony Pollard, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, there's so many easy, of those yeah. guys out there. Yeah. Here's another one, um, and this is actually the one I was uh, really alluding to, Anthony McFarlane. Mm. He is the running back too. Oh, you just gonna throw his name out there? Yeah, right? you know, I'm sick of holding <laughs> back, man. I'm getting I'm you getting throw his name out there. that nobody sees. Oh, we got this. plenty. We got plenty. He is the <laughs> running back two for the Steelers. We got plenty. Mm-hmm. He has history with Canada. Can, connect, Kennedy. Canada, Canada, whatever, Matt Canada. yeah, mm-hmm. Matt Canada, like the country. He was his coach in college. Mm-hmm. I was looking at reports where they're actually running like reps with both him and Najee on the field together. Oh, mm-hmm. Go back, go back and research Matt Canada's offense. Yeah, uh, with Pittsburgh, he likes to use his running back. Yeah, they, they, so, they, he runs a lot of interesting. I'm sets. telling y'all, McFarlane, you're able to get in like the 18th, 19th, 20th round every mm-hmm. single draft. It's yeah. crazy to me. And, and here's the thing. Maybe people are concerned with Belage or maybe Benny Snell. I don't think people are because I don't even see them two getting Benny drafted. Benny Snell is. I don't see. I don't really see mm, either of those getting drafted. Gone. So the thing about it is Najee is the running back being drafted in the first two rounds, so mm-hmm. a valuable running back. Mm-hmm. You keep hearing that they're saying that they want to utilize him all three downs, so they want to use him a lot. Mm-hmm. You hear that they have a poor offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's like the exact type of person that has the risk of injury. Right. Like. He's the poster child of somebody that has a high risk compared to these other guys. And nobody's looking at his backup? Yeah. I, I don't get it. That's all I'm saying. I don't think people are uh, quite sure who his backup is. Or, That's one thing. Or if the backup is going to... I mean, I don't assume any... I don't, I don't assume whoever the back is is going to get Najee workload, but they could yeah. still get 60 to 70%. Or yeah, 60%. But, 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 and you just, made, you just actually commented on it. Benny Snell. Yeah. You know, when the starters have gone down the pass with the Steelers... 
they found another guy. Yeah. If they're producing, they keep the guy in there. You know, yeah. if Mac, if McFarlane doesn't produce, then so be it. You know, whatever. I think I think a lot of people view him as a scat back, but I think he's more than that, and I think he'd be yeah. more than that in this offense. Yeah, yeah, he will. And he he's will. coming into his second year, but I, yeah. I do like him as a very very yeah. late round pick because again, you know, if they get comfortable, I want to. I like drafting him because I want to. I feel like we're going to see him get, you know, potentially four to five touches a game. And that's enough for me to be able to see, can he hold up in a, you know, you know, for a three to four week span, getting 15 touches a game. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he actually ends up getting more than four to five a game. Yeah. The, from, from the way, from the way I've done my deep dive and seen what they're doing, if, if he stays healthy, the way they want to use him, they they want to utilize his skill set even with Najee on the field. They'll both be on the field, I think. Yeah. For, for, they're going to use for, both of them on the field a yeah. fair amount, and they like what he provides. You know, he's very fast. You know, so um, the the other question you had, who was the running back? I'm sorry that we would who who would you expect to miss significant time this season? Like who who's most likely to miss? Yeah, just I guess time. I just mentioned my guy, Najee. I guess. Oh, so you take Najee over the field? <sighs> I mean, you're you're basically asking who is injury prone or injury high risk of injury. I guess most likely to miss significant time this season. I don't know, Najee, Najee, for the reason I just said, you know, uh, or maybe even Joe Mixon. That kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say that, but you know, again, I like some Najee P. Ryan. He, I've been he, he has right. the history of being hurt. Mm-hmm. He has the offensive line that you know struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to give one, and I love drafting this guy, uh, Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. And so he's someone oh. I do handcuff. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, if I can, because again, and I, even if I don't have Carson, I try to get as much Rashad Penny as that, I can. That, oh, you just reminded me. But yeah, Penny's so. been banged up. Rashad Penny's hurt right now. This is the thing yeah. about this is the thing. This is the thing about backups. Okay, they're not playing 17 games because they're the backups. I don't yeah. need them for 17 games. Right. I don't need them for 10 games. If I can get three or four games stretch, yeah. that's all I need. Remember, yeah, like you right said, it's a war of attrition. Right, yeah. 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 So that one, you know, when we, when we like. Imagine it being a playoff week. Mm-hmm. Carson is banged up. They're going to rest him. Easy Rashad, opponent. Yeah, Rashad mm-hmm. And Rashad Penny is just ready. Yeah. And yeah. I just got him sitting and waiting. This mm-hmm. is the thing also think about handcuffs. You got to be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then on the right team, you also got to be ready to attack. So one of the first things I look for on waiver wires are not these like wide receiver fours and fives. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm honestly not looking for guys like Jacoby Myers unless mm-hmm. I'm in a pinch. Right. I'm looking for, okay, who are people dropping for Jacoby Myers? Okay, and so last year I would see people, you know, just drop some really good handcuffs, and I would just go snag them up, up, you know, mm-hmm. and then they would just, you know, they just so, you know, we'll talk more about the waiver wires, but Let me uh, ask you, you got to be patient with some of these handcuffs if, you, if you, you draft them. Let me ask you a question: Who is the handcuff for the Chargers? I don't want to give that information out just yet. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just to me right now it's Justin Jackson, but I would okay. not be surprised if cool. he's getting a lot of run right now. So that they can see if one can can he hold up? Two, do we want to keep him on the roster? Because I do think he's the most talented. But what they have to figure out from an organizational standpoint is is he that much more talented than Joshua Kelly and then Matt and then uh, and then Roundtree players who they will have more years on because they're you know a second year and a rookie player. Yeah. You know, for them, you know, if it's not that much of a difference from a skill standpoint. They may feel like even though Justin Jackson is a slightly better player, it may be easier just to cut him 
Mm-hmm. You know, they get an extra roster spot. They get to save a little bit of money. Yeah. And they get to just use Joshua Kelly. So I, I, I started off drafting uh, Justin Jackson very early on. And then he was out for a little bit. So I started, you know, drafting Joshua Kelly. Uh, and now I've gotten back to, you know, drafting uh, Justin Jackson. I think it's one of those situations where you want to find balance between both. Mm-hmm. And this is an easy, again, this is one of those players where I just need to see that first week. Okay. Uh, or, you know, wait till they cut down rosters. And if it looks like it's Justin Jackson, then I'm probably dropping, you know, uh, uh, dropping uh, a lot of Joshua Kelly's. Last question. Did you learn anything last week from the Cowboys Steelers? Uh, <laughs> number one, I knew this was going to come up. Number one, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I, went, I went back and rewatched it. Okay. I did not learn anything because most of the starters were not playing, the starters that I cared about. I didn't. I didn't need to see Deontay. I was. I really upset that Claypool, you know, did yeah. what he did because that shot his ADP up. That didn't change my mind whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really need to see Najee, and I think really only one potential projected starter from the Steelers' offensive line really saw any significant snaps in that game. Gotcha. And then obviously Roethlisberger's. Was, and I don't need to see Roethlisberger anyway. But I, really, what I wanted to see was the Steelers' O line. Okay, and I didn't really get a chance to see that. So. I didn't really get much from anything. And then on the Dallas side, there was like the absolute, there was no, there were no, almost no starters playing. The wide receivers, you know, Gallup, or, you know, CD, I think was even in there. I, I got nothing from it. Uh, and again, you're going to, it's going to be a mixed bag. Like to your point, like you said before, some teams aren't going to play preseason starters, but some teams have come out this week and said that they're going to play their starters. So I'm going to be watching. When I watched that points. first half. I was thinking about Dyer the whole time. I was oh, like, you know he was this is pointless. Check, <laughs> I was like, Dude, the whole the whole group <laughs> chat. This is ridiculous. Why are you right, watching right, that? Right, Why are you watching? Right, this is <laughs> I mean, entertainment. Still want to right, watch football, right. you know. Yeah. Sure. I'll watch a high school game. <laughs> All right, guys. I think we're out. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Every single episode. I got, I got, I got two dynasty people. I want to just say, just All mention. Right, I, okay. All right. So, the first guy is um, the receiver for the the Colts. Mm-hmm. Mike Strachan, I think that's his name, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a big dude, you know, a big receiver, big body. Um, he was either drafted in the 17th, I mean, sorry, the seventh round or undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember hearing about him before the draft, so he had a little bit of buzz. Um, but he has been making a little bit of noise mm-hmm. in, in, um, in, um, in camp. I know we just mentioned the unofficial depth charts don't mean anything, but this guy is actually listed number two wide receiver, like the back of wide receiver on the depth chart. And again, this is a rookie, so he's jumped other, you know, other vets on the team as far as the unofficial depth chart. So don't ignore him. He's one injury away. He has the body size. I guess the only guy on the team that has comparable body size is maybe Pittman, but I think he's bigger than Pittman. Mm-hmm. Um, so don't ignore him. He could easily like be Pittman. a red zone threat. Um, and the second guy I want to mention is um, Jonathan Ward. He is the, at the moment, I think he's going to end up being the third running back for the Cardinals. And the reason why that's significant is because I heard a little murmur that James Conner might still be dealing with his injury to, uh, to some extent. Yeah. I, I do know he's practicing a little bit. I don't know how much he's practicing. I, I was I've heard he's been limited. Yeah, I've been scouring the internet to see how much he's practicing, but I haven't had a real good definitive like response or 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 um, answer there. But Jonathan Ward, I've heard a little bit of buzz about him. Young guy, third running back. Um, I mentioned Eno Benjamin before, mm-hmm. but I think Ward is actually being played over him. 
So we know Chase Edmonds has injury history issues. Yeah. We're already talking about James Conner's injury history issues. Ward might be the next guy up. So yeah, keep an eye on James Conner. I I need to hear something about yeah, him. Yeah, we're, we're looking. We're looking for that. We're looking for that. Maybe Doctor Carlos can give us a little bit of something. But just yeah. stay ready, man. Stay ready. All right, guys. That's episode eleven. Um, thanks for listening. Please like, rate, subscribe. Mm-hmm. We're out. I said, God, give me a warning. Please take me for the morning. So I leave more disappointments than I ever will appointments. Give a fuck about your feelings. Rub it in. This your ointment can't depend on the oink. Or find your pig in the blank.